Welcome to the Transit Lounge. I'm your host, Chandra. As a recovering workaholic, I want to explore how you can do more of what you love without burning out. I'm on a mission to promote true well-being, the contented state of being happy, healthy, and prosperous. Through interviews with savvy entrepreneurs, authors, and industry experts, we'll share insights, inspiration, and practical tips on how you can be CEO you in the business of your life. Let's go. Hello and welcome. Thanks for being here and listening to another episode of the Transit Lounge podcast. My name's Chandra and I'm really grateful for you listening today. Now, February, as you might have noticed, is a month where a lot of people are doing some kind of detox or fitness challenge, most of which is probably off the back of well-intended New Year's resolutions. And as you might have gathered, if you've been listening for a while, I actually think it's a good thing to use that New Year's energy to up-level your fitness and general well-being. But I'm also curious about how we could use that same approach or that same energy and just direct it towards your work life. And so this week's episode is looking at toxic work life. And whether you are an employee or you work for yourself, the reality is that the environment that you work in either allows and supports you to thrive or it can undermine and deplete you. And I have experienced both of those different types of environments. And one of the things that I've also noticed is that it can actually be a bit of a sneaky situation because not all toxic work environments or situations can or are immediately obvious. You, you actually have to be quite vigilant and be on the lookout. So today I want to explore just some ideas about what you can look for and what to do if you discover some toxic uh, waste around you or your work situation. And I guess another reason why this has come up is that I was meeting with a client this week and one of the things that they were talking about was how there'd been a, a quite a lot of staff turnover in their business over the last, you know, probably three to six months. And some of those departures were quite rapid or happened on top of each other. And they very rapidly sort of added that that was actually a good thing. These departures were a good thing. There were probably two or three people specifically that had either recently departed or are about to leave. And even though that was going to put some additional pressure on others in the team to pick up some workload in the short term, it actually wasn't something that anyone was very unhappy about. And with one of the team members particularly, they mentioned that um, she had started working with them around about a year or so ago and had added some good value to the business. However, she had also added a overly generous dose of massive negativity to just day-to-day operations at work. And you know, they shared that it wasn't obvious to them at first because it was delivered and received 
with that angle of, oh, she's got fresh eyes and she's adding fresh perspective, you know, and she and they were wanting, you know, that different perspective on the way that things had always been done so they could keep growing and improving. But it was just a loosely veiled fresh perspective when really what it was about was creating a really negative environment. And look, don't get me wrong, because I am actually a big fan of leveraging when new people join an organization or a team for exactly that, that fresh perspective that they they can have and can add. But when what it really is, is not fresh perspective with the intention of improvement, it's actually just backstabbing, gossiping, general bitching and negativity. That's when a small amount of toxicity can spread literally like a virus. And before you know it, what was once a thriving positive culture and environment can become like just a a business wasteland of whinging and avoidance and you know really turn the general vibe into a bit of a oh why bother kind of environment so in thinking about toxic work i did a little bit of research and i came across this this quote Uh, from a guy called Gary Chapman who wrote a book. I haven't read this book, but this is just where it comes from. uh, The book is called Rising Above a Toxic Workplace, Taking Care of Yourself in an Unhealthy Environment. But one of the quotes that I came across in doing some research was, he said, when a workplace becomes toxic, its poison spreads beyond its walls and into the lives of its workers and their families. And that's the thing I guess that interests me is that I love my work and I want people that I work with to love their work, but I also see the impact that work has on your whole life. And so that's where this question of identifying and staying in a toxic work environment is really important as part of your continuing growth uh, personally and professionally. So a couple of questions for you. Have you ever worked in a toxic workplace? Are you in one now? And if so, what can you actually do about it? And even if you're self-employed and even in a solo business, it still applies. You know, if you're a solo entrepreneur, then are you the world's worst boss of yourself? I sometimes can be if I let myself lose sight of the bigger picture and what matters most, remembering that the focus on work is actually with a priority of a holistic approach to your life, work being one part of it. And if I push too hard, then I know that that has a spill-on effect into other areas of my life. So it's important for me to be aware of the, the work environment and culture that I'm creating. So the question for you, if you're a solo business owner, Are you creating a culture that you and others in your life and in your work can thrive in? Now, I had a look at the definition of toxic and it's basically poisonous or poison. And isn't it interesting when you look at the literal definition of words, how much that can add to your perspective? Because if you think about a poison and what it can do to you or to others, you would never consciously choose to take it, be around it, hang in it, swim in it. Or if you had to, for some reason, you had to be in a, around a poison or use a poison, 
you would generally take some pretty serious precautions, right? Then when we look at applying toxic into a work context, it can be defined as any kind of work or job or role where either the work itself that you're doing, the atmosphere or the vibe that you're in, the people or any combination of any of those causes serious disruption or impact to other aspects of your life. That's a toxic workplace or work situation. So if you're in a toxic work situation, what can you actually do about it? Well, firstly, you have to actually recognize if you are, because not all workplaces or situations are toxic, and they're also not instantly obvious, but there may be aspects or teams or just certain individuals that are toxic within your overall work situation that you might want to just start to be a little bit more wary of. I was talking to a friend a little while ago who works in media and she was talking about a particular project that she was working on for a, for a while last year and the team that she was put into and a person she was working directly with and for, I guess, or who she reported to, and that their way of operating and the impact that that had on her and her anxiety levels, on her self-confidence, and it just really seemed to snowball in this particular team environment. And it played out in lots of ways where she was withdrawing from connecting socially outside of work with other people because it had just taken a toll in terms of her overall self-confidence. So you can't underestimate the impact that staying in and around a toxic work situation has on your whole life, not just on your working hours. So you can start to be on the lookout for things like, how do you actually feel when you think about going to work or being around certain people? Do you feel overly tired, flat, anxious or depressed about it, or even physically a bit unwell or sick? Because any of that can be a sign. Another thing you can have a look at is, how are you sleeping? Are you sleeping well? Are you finding that your sleep is either shorter than it needs to be or not as good quality? Sleep is something that has been a challenge for me in the past and I'm really focusing on trying to improve the quality of my sleep, but it has a huge impact. The amount of sleep and the quality of sleep that you have on the rest of your life and if your work is impacting on that, then that's something to look at. Another thing that you can look at to see about whether there's some sort of toxicity around your work situation is what's your eating like you know do you have a sort of stressed out constantly churning stomach so you tend not to feel that hungry especially at work or are you at the other end of the spectrum do you stress eat to try and either distract or avoid the feelings and the last thing is do you generally feel safe and comfortable at work or do you generally feel a heightened level of anxiety, insecurity, or um, nervousness, paranoia. They're things, these are all things that you can have a look for. Another thing is, what's the general vibe at work around things like taking a sick day? It used to drive me nuts when I would hear people talk about how they deliberately, strategically paced out when they would take their sick days they weren't sick. They were just making sure that they used them all up over the year. And I guess 
now uh, I don't let it bother me so much. I look at it more as a certain mindset that some people have or that it's a sign that that person really wasn't that connected or thriving in their role. On the flip side, I also know of teams who the individuals within that team would never want to take a sick day because of their commitment to their role and the impact on the team if they did take a sick day. And I'm not suggesting that you shouldn't take time off when you're genuinely sick. I'm just highlighting the difference between when you're actively engaged in a role and the attitude and the mindset that you bring versus when you're just going through the motions and showing up so you can get your paycheck. Other vibe things that you can look out for is the level and style of communication sort of up and down the food chain at your work. Does it actually happen? I know I've worked in situations where the communication from the leadership team or the senior management team or whatever is almost non-existent or communication only came down the food chain when something was wrong. So for you, having a look at the communication style and vibe at your work situation, is it predominantly an open and positive and inclusive communication or does everyone just say what they think they're supposed to say or not say much at all? The communication is a really good indicator of what's that general vibe in the workplace and how positive and thriving is it versus how toxic. Another vibe thing to look out for is, is there a general kind of habit, even if it's just between a few people, of having little clicks or get, getting together basically just to have a whinge or a gossip about others or spread rumours? Because any of these things are red flags for you to start to really up your game about either being a bit more vigilant about how you are being impacted, how you protect yourself from that toxic environment and how you can start to protect yourself more or start considering what your extraction plan might be. And look, something that might be a bit challenging or controversial for me to put out there around this is I think that it's important to flag that you would benefit from considering or at least asking yourself if you think you're in a toxic work situation in what ways do you contribute to the toxic load and I'm not trying to say that it all sits with you although if you reflect on that question and realize that actually you are a major player in contributing to the toxic load then that's definitely something that you could explore and do something about And even if it's not all you, there may still be things that you have fallen into a habit of that on reflection are not actually that helpful or positive to you or to others in the workplace. So it's at least worth asking yourself that question. And what about if you work for yourself? How does that play out? Well, for me, one of the dangers of me creating a toxic work situation is that I can be a bit of a tough taskmaster sometimes for myself. I push myself too much to just keep working. And partly it is because I really do enjoy working and on the most part, the things that I do with my work. But Mick actually often jokes with me that he thinks that I could probably happily work 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And I don't think that's exactly quite true, but I do recognize that I definitely have a bias towards overworking And I know enough about myself now, I didn't in the past, but I know that that's just not sustainable. 
So if I keep pushing myself to keep working longer and longer or to do more and more, then I know that for me, that's creating a toxic work life. And at the other end of the spectrum, I also know people who work for themselves, but they have no consistency or structure in what they're doing. They're constantly kind of reinventing the wheel or allowing personal things to regularly distract them from doing the important work that they really should be doing, that they would benefit from doing, that their clients would benefit from them doing. And that's a road to a not successful business and creates a different kind of toxic environment where the work culture is not a strong positive one. Because even though it can feel like, oh, this is about work-life balance, if you are genuinely wanting to work for yourself, then you have to look at it as a business. This is not a hobby that you just fit in around all your other social bits and pieces. Or if you can make enough money doing it that way, then good on you and I'd love to chat with you. But you want to be looking at how you're creating an environment where you do feel like you're thriving. Because even with all of that flexibility that I think some people believe they're giving themselves around supporting their family and kids and friends and their community groups and all of that kind of thing. And they're great things to do, but they're actually not going to help that person feel good about what they're doing in their work. And that is going to undermine as well. So it's a different kind of toxic situation, I think. But all of this brings us to the question, if you are in or you have created for yourself some kind of toxic work situation, what's the antidote? What's the solution? Well, unlike a snake bite or other conditions or situations where there's a known pretty rapid antidote or solution, a toxic work situation can very rarely can it be resolved quickly or in one kind of single action. But there are some things that you can do in the short term if you think that that's something of benefit. One, you can reflect on your part in it, which I mentioned earlier. You know, just be curious and see what, if anything, comes up around your contribution to the toxic load. If you, through that, become aware, you know, maybe of some sneaky little habits that have crept in for you, then you can start to replace them with something else. For example, if you've realized that you've just fallen into a bit of a habit of maybe going to grab a coffee at the cafe downstairs with, I don't know, Sarah from sales or whoever, when what this really actually is, is your regular gossip session to pass on the latest alleged scoop about someone else or to spend 20 minutes whinging about how busy you are and yet you've just lost 20 minutes doing something that doesn't help you achieve anything on your to-do list. And I'm not trying to be a hard nose here. I have done this in the past myself and that's why I know that it can be a symptom or an example of habits that you just don't realize that you've created or fallen into that actually are not serving you or Sarah or whoever. Second thing is, what if it's Sarah? This is just a fictitious name I can't believe I've made up, but I just want to have as an example. What if it's not you? What if it's another person that has always has the whinge and you're just trying to escape or you'd love to escape from that person, but you've sort of fallen into this habit of being the go-to person or you are doing coffee catch-ups or whatever? Then it's important for you to find your people. Who else wants to just get on with it? And to contribute positively or to do whatever the aspiration is that you have for yourself in the workplace. 
how can you actually start to increase your time and interactions with them rather than with the people that actually are not bringing out your best? A third thing you could do is to start to look outside of your work for something to do to balance out that negative environment. If you have something or a number of things that you're doing or that you're involved in outside of work, it can have a huge impact on your tolerance level and your ability to deflect a little bit of the, you know, shizen that you actually can't change at work. Because when you get to a point like I often have in the past where you feel like all you do is work, work, work and that work is a toxic wasteland, then it actually can really, really start to impact on a whole range of areas of your life. And if all of that just leaves you feeling like there's only so much that you can do, then it's probably time for you to start working on considering your exit strategy. Do not, I repeat, do not stay working somewhere or in a certain way if it is turning you into someone that you're not proud of. If the work situation that you're in is actually not good for you, is not working for you and helping you thrive, then seriously, your choices are to either do whatever you can to contribute to being an influencer for change or to start making a plan and taking action to get out of that situation as soon as you can. Because if you think that the damage is already too great or it's just not something that can be turned around, it's outside of your control or influence, then creating an exit strategy is going to be your only way. And don't wait to get started. I see people wait way too long when they're in a negative work environment before creating some kind of start to a change. Things take longer than you might want them to. In fact, starting your exit strategy can actually be a great way to be able to tolerate a really shitty workplace way better. I remember that kicking in for me because when you're starting to move towards something that is going to help you thrive, it gives you a different perspective and helps you tolerate things that are outside of your control a little bit better. That was that was a little bit of a rant about <laughs> But I just feel really passionately about people doing work that actually serves them and others. We spend too much time at work for you to be doing something that actually depletes you and holds you back from doing something that energizes and lifts you up. And what about all the other people that are impacted by that, impacted by what you do for work and how you feel about it, whether it's your family, your partner, your friends, your customers or clients. God, I'm ranting again, sorry. The takeout message is start to look for toxins in your work situation. Start to reduce or remove those toxins. Protect yourself from the toxins or get away from the toxins. All right, that's my ranting over from this. I didn't realize it was going to be um, getting to that point. But this week, I hope that you can do something to start to eliminate any toxins that are within your control or get started on your escape plan. Thank you for listening. I hope you got a few little takeouts amongst the ranting and I hope that you have a really great toxin-free week. Thanks for listening to The Transit Lounge. If you liked it, please do me a favour and leave a review so I can keep doing more episodes for you. And... 
come and say hi in the private Facebook group, The Transit Lounge, being CEO you in the business of your life. I really look forward to connecting with you there. And until then, do whatever you can to create a future that you will love through the choices you make today.